0: Coming to you from beautiful Flagstaff, Arizona, this is the Drinking Horn Meadcast. Join us as we take a deeper dive into mead and mead culture.
1: You're You're ready, you're ready. Sure. I said, Are you ready to record? Sure. (laughs) I can't hear you, Cleveland! Sure. (laughs) Oh, now I kind of heard you.
0: (laughs) All right, I love the energy. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 12 of the Drinking Horn Meadcast.
1: Meadcast, 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 Meadcast. Holy shit, number 12? Number 12? Wow. Yeah, lucky number 12. Is it? (laughs) (laughs) That's what they say, right? Yeah. It's a full moon tonight, is that?
0: Ooh. Isn't it? Or is it tomorrow? Uh, who cares? That's kick-ass because tomorrow's Halloween.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's the day before Halloween. It is. Some say the 30th. Or Sam, Sam Hine. It's the dirty 30. Wait Sam what? Wayne. Well, Samhain?
0: Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Evan is having himself a little <laughs> Do you guys smell <laughs> <mental toast? laughs> episode there. uh No, I believe you're trying to talk about some like old Norse traditional. Yeah. What, that's what,
1: that's where, like where, where Halloween originated from. Oh, can you tell us that story real fast? I I don't know. You might know it better than I do, it sounds like. Uh-oh. No, It's not don't the face know, of knowing. I don't even know the word you just said. No, yeah, Samhain. So it's S-A-M-H-A-I-N, and I'm probably pronouncing it wrong for everybody. And uh yeah, so it's the it's the original it's the original Halloween. Hmm. That's my extent of the knowledge on it.
0: <laughs> Look forward to a future episode, uh, <laughs> probably before next year's Halloween. Uh I would like to actually, you know, do some of the heathen holidays if you will. Yeah, um, heathen's greetings.
1: Heathen's greetings. <laughs> that's fantastic. They'll make no friends with that, Nick. Mm,
0: yeah, that's yeah. Merry Christmas everybody. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Well off to a blistering start about our subject material today. Today is not about heathen holidays or not about Norse <laughs> tradition. Um, it is about something that is actually kind of important.
1: Yeah. Like really, really important and like ongoing, which I think is, we're going to save that part for the end though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned.
0: <laughs> no, this is a subject that actually could have to do with national security, national food security. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so uh, this episode, if you haven't looked at the title yet, which would be really weird because when I look at podcasts, I definitely look at the title of the episode, um, but we are talking about fake honey or funny honey or honey laundering.
1: Yeah, all of those. They're all different categories of a similar problem. Breaking news today. Honey laundering with Sean Connery. I don't know why that's my only voice. <sighs>
0: I don't know, but I'm out of breath. <laughs> um, it is Sean Connery.
1: He's always with us. He is. In spirit. Even though he's not dead yet. Not dead yet. <laughs> not yet. But his living spirit is with us. Well, we both grabbed I'm our not dead yet. We both... Gra-
0: he <laughs> turned into little Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> running across the table.
1: I was thinking of the... Uh... I know, we're off to a wicked wow. good start. Wow, right? yeah. Just,
0: Either people are laughing their heads off, or we've been turned off of every radio. And no followers.
1: <laughs> Shit. That's okay, my mom will still listen. That's right. We got our moms, they're still listening.
0: <laughs> uh, when we said cheers to Sean Connery, we both grabbed our glasses. What's in our glasses today, Mr.
1: Evan Anderson? Oh, it is a delightful, um, very fruity-smelling Red to the eyeball, sort of deliciousness. Um, Nick is not coughing because of coronavirus or mm, the mead. Good stuff. It's because of how hilarious I am. Yes. And uh, <laughs> so it is a. It's cranberry. Is what it is. That was yeah. a long way of getting around to it. It's a seasonal. It just came out know, last week. Mm-hmm. Um, we double batched this one because a single batch of cranberry just ain't enough.
0: Yeah. That's your fault out there, listeners. Right.
1: Drinking up all the crayon. And we love it. We love it.
0: Yeah, we did a double batch of this cranberry. It is our fall seasonal. Comes out in October. Uh, well, already came out in October. So if you are listening to this in the near future, uh, maybe jump online, com and grab yourself a, a bottle or two. Or if you're in the Flagstaff or anywhere in Arizona, not anywhere in Arizona, but some places in Arizona, you can uh, grab a, a bottle of, of
1: cranberry mead. We're working on you, Kingman. Northeast, northwest route, we're working on you. Yeah. You know, I, and, and shipping, you know, you grab some bottles, have it shipped to you. That could be, you know, nice oh, too. Yeah. Nice little gift. Get it for you. Get it for somebody else. Give be- the gift of mead this season.
0: You know what other gift of mead you can only get through shipping or coming to the mead hall? Uh,
1: root beer? You're right. Ding, ding, yes, ding. That's that right. I'm a winner. Yeah. I'm a winner. Yeah, yeah root beer. Well, supply. I'd say wild supplies last because- There's a half a chance by the time this comes out, root beer's gone.
0: There is, there is. Yeah. It's,
1: it's down to a handful of kegs and a couple dozen cases, and it'll be, it'll be gone. Would you say there's a 30% chance that it could be gone? Uh, I'd, go, I'd go up to 60. Oh, well, it depends on how fast you edit. You just ruined my segue. Damn it. I would say it's at least
0: 30%. Well, that's interesting because today's talk about fake honey, there is 30%. It's estimated worldwide that 30% of honey out there is adulterated.
1: Yes. And it can be, it can be adulterated in a number of ways. I think when the, the studies that I was looking at, that were saying 33% when they are talking adulterated, um, they are talking that it is not necessarily a hundred percent real honey. Yeah. That is uh not the honey laundering, which we'll get into, but this is just straight up either fake honey or they've cut it with something. Um, yeah. it, it seems like there's a, a handful of different ways that they do it. It's like, it's kind of like a, There's an evolutionary arms race going on between people trying to sell fake honey and people trying to catch people selling fake honey. Yeah. And we're losing. (laughs) Yes, it's an uphill treadmill
0: battle. Um, And you're right. Yeah, people will we'll talk about this. But, yeah, I I think we'll just leave it at that for right now. An evolutionary arms race of, yeah, the bad guys and the good guys in this case. And so, yeah, we're going to talk about all these different ways that honey can be adulterated and, and become fake in quotes. Um, and get out to the consumer. Uh, the first thing I wanted to just kind of touch upon is that honey's not alone in, as everybody knows, honey's not the only thing that's faked or counterfeited. No,
1: this honey is only the third most faked food. Yeah.
0: Well, did you, did I mean, you see what number one there. and two
1: were? Did you find that in your studies? In two of the articles I read,
0: they they said that it was the third most faked, Yeah. but they never told me what the other ones were. You found Milk
1: out. Milk and olive oil milk.
0: What? Uh, yeah. Oh yes. You
1: know what? That totally makes oil, sense. I totally get it. Like I totally understand. I'd be curious to know what they use instead of olive oil. They just sell you some palm oil and lie to you. But, uh, but, but milk, how do you even fake milk? How do you, how are you pronouncing that word right now? Milk. <laughs> milk. Are you pronouncing it M E L K? Milk. <laughs> That's the that's the New Mexico. Oh, <laughs> it's, okay. a, it's milk, man. Yeah, yeah. And they talked
0: about in one of the articles. They talked about an enzyme that they use to um, to create the milk, which somehow replicates cow's milk. And so I, I think that's probably what what it ends up as is fake milk. That way, we're that not, we're not very, talking that about that can't
1: be a very like cost effective way to fake milk. You <laughs> right. know what I mean? Like the, a lot of those enzymes. And I I know this because I was just talking with our uh, our filter guy who helps us figure mm. out our filtering process um, so that we don't have to use the preservatives. But he was talking about a company that he was working with that does enzymes. And a liter of these enzymes can be worth as much as like 10 grand. Ooh. Yeah. So like and I mean how do thought you thought mead was expensive. Right. Because it's all got to stem from some sort of like economic inspiration. Should I call should I call being greedy economic <laughs> inspiration? Sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, there's other reasons, I guess, to fake things, but
0: yeah. Yeah. Once you get that process down, maybe, uh, I mean, it, n- the thing is when it boils all down to the, to the nitty gritty, if it's not making someone more money the way that they're doing it, they're not going to do it. So somehow, right. some way. It's got to be cost effective somehow. It's got to be, yeah. yeah. And so fake milk, we'll talk about, yeah, the cost effectiveness and the economics of, of fake honey uh here as well but yeah milk and, and olive oil they did talk about the usda them well we'll get into that too <laughs> i just keep saying we'll get into it and then we'll we're gonna end the we'll episode and people be like, never be like they, they never got they to they not, it.
1: never got to anything don't take notes on us <laughs>
0: yeah. um but yeah things get counterfeited so olive oil milk um we all you know have, know about like the fake you know like designer bags or Ooh,
1: fake stuff. wine fake wine yeah that's a whole like it's not necessarily fake but they'll say oh you know this was one of the benjamin franklin bottles and it's amazing because there's been like you know a hundred thousand benjamin franklin bottles sold (laughs) yeah he made a lot of wine he made an awful lot of wine way more than he thought he did way more than he had any physical capability to do so it's amazing yeah that ties into something we'll talk about later about (laughs) yeah (laughs) about fake
0: honey it all comes up it's all coming up oh yeah right after this (laughs) Uh, We're back. Uh, I don't know who our sponsor was, but hopefully you guys enjoyed that uh, little commercial. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. So, thanks Counterfeiter. We got all these things. We got, uh, like I said, uh, designer bags, olive oil, milk. You've got uh, the Kobe beef industry. Uh, People would say that their beef is Kobe, and it wasn't really. Uh, Kona coffee. Um, There are... Uh, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars, uh, that are lost or not lost, but, you know, in litigation and such because of Kona coffee, um, pe- people claiming that their coffee is Kona, uh, and selling it. And then you look at the amount that's in the market compared to what Kona can actually produce right. with the Kona coffee beans. For folks
1: that don't know, <laughs> Kona coffee has to come from that specific Island And I believe like a specific reach within the island or something as well, right? Yeah. I I mean, I I really think it comes out. It's a type of bean too. It's a patented bean. Oh, it's a specific. Like plant. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Patented plants. Hybrid or whatever. Don't get me started.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So uh, lots of things have been counterfeited and honey is just one of them. Um, It comes down to really how easily things can be counterfeited. If you can make something look like the real thing, then people are going to be fooled and they're going to buy it.
1: Totally. Which is a huge issue we're going to get into for sure. Yeah,
0: later in the podcast. <laughs> yeah, um, and if you guys are listening and you want to fast forward, um, you can uh, download a fast forward to the important stuff app. Um, just go on to Bing and <laughs> search, for search for it. There. For it there. You'll yeah. find it. Yeah, go for go to Bing. Eventually. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's start in the beginning. Um, defining honey. Defining honey is it's it's maybe impossible in the sense that a lot of people will have their own definitions and disagree on certain. Things And you may think, how can you disagree about honey? Bees go to the flowers, they make the honey, you put it in a jar. Well, there's a lot of things that can happen from the time that it comes out of the the honeycomb to the time it gets put into the jar. But when asked by beekeepers, they asked the FDA, can we define honey? Can we make a, uh, it's called a commercial item description
1: Mm -hmm.
0: uh, of honey. The FDA said simply, they're not going to do that. And they referred to Webster's dictionary definition of honey, which I'll read it right now is a thick, sweet, syrupy substance that bees make as food from the nectar of flowers and store in honeycombs.
1: Which seems pretty straightforward. It seems like it. Yeah, but it's not. No. And I think that it's easy to look at something and be like, oh, we should have really clear definitions of what this is. But like, we really, we really don't right? Like ask someone to define a really good definition of what exactly life is, right? (laughs) Or ask somebody, you know, there's a lot of little things that when you boil it down to their most basic building blocks, it's really, really hard to slap a label on that building block.
0: Yeah. Well, because we either mentally or actually physically change that item that you're talking about in so many different ways. And so one of the major things about that definition of honey that people will start to have issue is, uh, comes when filtering can occur. Yes. And so actually, should we take one step back and talk about heat?
1: Yeah, Does I think heat so. come before filtering? Um, I, I think in general it would, because they would end up like a lot of times and, and yeah, let's, let's start with the heat. Okay. Well, let's start. Can we start maybe even further back with the word raw? Oh yeah. All the way back to that cuz i think like you said the the problem is that like definitions are not well defined and the fda has pretty much said Meh. <laughs> whatever y'all want to do just go ahead and do it which is part of what's kind of led to this this problem i think the base of a lot of these issues goes back to a lack of definition For honeys. Now that can be really nice for an individual producer because it means you don't have to have FDA approval to slap a, you know, a label that says this is clover honey, or this is orange blossom honey, or this is raw honey. Right. And so it's that there's another word, you know, the raw is another one that is not well defined. Like if I think of raw honey, I'm going to think of a couple of things and it's, you know, obviously like not filtered, not heated and nothing added to it now. And that's where like, so that the temperature is important. Do you want to do you want to start with the Maillard effect and, and temperature of honey and everything? Sure. Yeah. Mayard that'd be reaction. Cool. We'll get a little sciencey on it. Maillard, <laughs> mealy, Maillard. That's a duck. Yeah. Well, it is duck season. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. The Maillard reaction. Yeah, which occurs like. Uh, I mean, I, you were thinking of it mostly in like malt and grain. I was thinking of it in honey, and when I was looking it up. Um, because I don't even know how to pronounce this word before the research, uh, it was referred to also in like when you cook a meat, mm-hmm. like that that browning of the flesh or browning of whatever it doesn't have to be flesh. It can be it can be sugar. It can be whatever is is the Maillard effect. Now, when like yeah. a if you like have an old fruit, that would be the same sort of thing, right?
0: Well, it's it's specifically like when it browns out. <laughs> we can talk about browning out some other time, <laughs> another podcast. But uh, the the, the Mayo reaction really is is the chemical change of caramelization, and so it's it's denaturing of certain proteins that do end up releasing sweetness and adding color. To right. it. So I don't know. I don't know about the ripening of fruit if that's
1: a Maillard reaction. Because it just made that's me think heat. of it because it's not, not necessarily heat. Yeah, and I'm pretty you sure can, you can get the Maillard reaction over time in older honeys, though, oh, okay. without the heat. All right, all right. So like an older honey will start to slow, like as it crystallizes, like that's what we know of as like the short term, like for honey, if you age it even longer than that, like a couple of years, it'll start to get dark over time mm. too. Okay. And they were describing, and I could be wrong on this, but they were describing that as Maillard reaction as well. Cool. The darkening over time, but it's not from heat, it's from the acid and low pH that honey has.
0: Yeah, and we all know that chemical reactions occur always. It's just a matter of how long, and we can add accelerants. We can add enzymes to right. increase it. Heat can it. be an accelerant. Heat, heat yeah. can do it, um, but time can as well. So, cool. Hey, uh, learning stuff here on the Drinking Horn Meadcast, or yeah. maybe you're learning yeah. false stuff. I don't know. We're, we're just we're talking about <laughs> Mayard reactions over here. Um, but either way, there are people that heat their their honey to a certain temperature that is what you— would consider okay, but then there's a point where it's not okay. And why would above a hundred and why would they, okay. First talk about why they would heat it in the way that's good and why they would heat it in a way that's bad.
1: So you harvest a lot of your honey in the fall when you, you know, it's, you get, you do get honey flows in the spring and stuff, but you end up harvesting a a fair amount of it in the hall, in the hall, in the fall, meat hall, meat hall, meat hall, um, in the fall. I was just thinking about it because of our, our, our zombie March that we have tonight. Anyway. Um, so you would harvest in the fall and a lot of times like you would store it in one, you know, you would extract it from the honeycomb and then you store it in buckets, store it in whatever. Um, sometimes before you get a chance to deal with it a whole lot. And in the process of getting the honey out of the comb, it helps if that honey is not like 50 degrees, right? So if you harvest a bunch of boxes from your bees and they're sitting there in your garage where they're nearly freezing and you haven't gotten time to get to them or whatever, um, it's impossible to extract if it's that cold. So you have to bring them up to a temperature that's high enough to make it easy enough to get the honey out of the cells, Hmm. um, as well as spinning it. And then filtering kind of goes into the same sort of layer actually, where there's like, it's not necessarily well-defined, but for me it's well-defined for myself and for our company and the quality of honey that we're going after. Um, but like, we don't want anything to be filtered now that's not saying like, it does, our, even our honey does go through, it gets heated below 100 and it goes through a very rough filter, more of a grate than a filter, I would say, especially when we're talking about like foods because it's just to collect like, you know, bee parts and honey, or I mean, bee parts and wax and, and you know, wood, rocks. I mean, whatever gets whatever gets stuck in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? If you're harvesting a lot of boxes. You, Fake eyelashes. Yeah, yeah. Anything. We get a lot of those, yeah. a lot of those. You wouldn't believe how many.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, so that is... Anytime you separate something, you're filtering it in a sense, but I'd say that's
1: another hard word where defining it is trickier than it seems because filtering on that level is like filtering through a grate, Mm -hmm. but then filtering on some of the levels that we, you know, that we found rolling across stuff in the research is, is, you know, that's a whole different level.
0: Yeah. And I, I saw it a lot of time. Actually, they would take that next step and they would call it ultra filtering. And so I don't know, there could be a definite, I'm sure that the manufacturers and everything has these, have these different definitions and there's different microns and all that stuff or like inches. That's in what I would be case. curious
1: about would just be yeah, porosity of it.
0: Yeah. So I'd say no one, no beekeepers, no honey purists. Um, maybe there's a couple guys living in rock caves somewhere who would have a problem with it, but um, with filtering in the sense of removing large debris. Yes. I mean, and we're talking large debris because our honey comes to us raw, and we still get bee parts every once in a while.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's still in, and chunks of wax and all that stuff. It's like a, it's like probably twice the size of like your window screen. I bet is about what it goes through. Mm, okay. Um I guess it's bigger than that because we still get a lot of big chunks in there yeah. stuff. So. <laughs> yeah, so so the, the
0: honey needs to be heated in order to get off of the comb for it to yeah. be extracted from the just honey for viscosity. Comb. All yeah.
1: viscosity value.
0: And that's about what temperature?
1: If you I mean, so that's where that's where another one of those hard definitions, but like I think the general consensus at this point is if it's below a hundred, it's still considered raw honey. Okay. Which makes sense to me because the honey is going to be deposited, stored, blah, blah, blah at what, 95 degrees is about the running average temperature inside of a beehive. Mm, So if you're keeping it between 95 and a hundred, it's not a huge difference. And I think something, I don't know, we kind of glanced over it, but part of the reason that the heat is so big of an issue with honey is because of honey's, you know, antiseptic, antibiotic, anti, you know, inflammatory, all of its awesome hipster anti qualities. Um, like they, they, a lot of those come from bacteria that is found in the gut of the honeybee and then ends up in the honey itself. Um, which is also why it stores for so long. And so if you heat it up, you end up killing all those fantastic properties. And all of a sudden, I mean, you cook it two hundred and twenty degrees and you have sugar syrup. Like it's, you, I mean, you still have honey, but it's, it's dead. Yeah. It's not living anymore. Mm. Whereas honey is a living thing. Breathing, I guess, really, like damn near. You know, it's, it's raw honey is chocked full of bacteria.
0: Yeah. Chock full of bacteria. Chock full. <laughs> See that on the outside of a honey. honey. You're
1: chocked thing. full of bacteria. I,
0: I think, so we are more
1: bacteria cells than we are human cells. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the, uh, the poop thing. Like oh, the, the poop thing. When you, when you take a bowel movement, like it was like between half and three quarters of the weight of your bowel movement is actually like bacteria. Awesome. Yeah, that blew my mind. I was... (laughs) Or just weird donuts filled with bacteria, man. You yeah. know what I mean? You know what I mean? We're
0: just, yeah, plasma with a hole in the
1: middle. Whoa, it's crazy.
0: <laughs> so that's one good reason or, or an okay reason to heat honey is to get it extracted off the comb. Otherwise, it'd be very, very hard
1: to do. Right. Which is uh, kind of, it's unnatural. You know what I mean? Because you're taking that honey and leaving it somewhere where it would be colder than it would ever naturally be. And then you have to warm it back up. So just, you know, I'm just saying it's human, human intervention. Mm-hmm, absolutely. We want to get that honey, though. I want that honey. Yeah.
0: So there's another. So going above a hundred degrees, what? Why would someone do that, and what does that do?
1: Well, I mean, you can pasteurize your honey that way for sure. If you're worried about some sort of a contamination risk, which you would only be worried about if you already have crappy honey, basically because otherwise you don't need to pasteurize it. It should be fine unless you've watered down the honey somewhere along the way, which was some of what people were faking, right? With the fake honey, sometimes it was just watered down, which is like, how can you sell like if you water it down and I've bought honey places like from people on street corner kind of stuff, you know, where the honey just like runs inside of this like little jar, (laughs) like bubble, just bottom to top. If you're flipping it, you know what I mean? It's, it's moving. And it's like, this is not like, if I left this out in the sun for a few days, the jar would probably explode because it's fermenting inside of there because they watered their honey down. You don't have to water down honey much for it to start fermenting. So yeah, so that's a a great point there too. And and that can happen with people who have the best
0: intentions. They can have too high of a moisture content in their packaged material. I actually heard that very recently about, um, the testing of some number of jars of honey at a, um, farmer's market and they tested it for fermentation for alcohol and like some big percentage of them, you know, like half of them or something like that. And it was no big amount. It wasn't like, you know, probably less than half a percent of alcohol, but their, their packaging, the way they treat it, how exposed it was, all this had added moisture content to the, to the honey enough to have some of it ferment.
1: That's crazy. Yeah. They could be, they could be impatient beekeepers too, because like a bee, you know, the nectar, it gets refined and dehydrated some seven times, I think on average or something inside Mm -hmm. of the bee gut and back out. So after they collect it from the flower, you know, they deposit it in the honeycomb and then they eat it back up and put whatever they put into it inside of their gut. And then they put it back in and they're stripping water out of it the whole Mm -hmm. time as they're doing this. So like they could have been that they got honey that had only been, you know, messed with by the bees like four times or something. And they have to do it relatively quickly. And it's their, their own bacteria that keeps it from fermenting in between while they're doing this inside of the cells, Mm. because they'll pull it out, put it back in, pull it out, put it back in. And so it could be that you get honey too early because the ideal moisture content for honey is like below 17%. Yeah. For yeah, finished honey. And what you're saying and there quotes.
0: also, oh. <laughs> what you're saying there is actually something that they'll do. Uh, some of these uh, countries and beekeepers in these countries will do is they will pull the honey early, like you just said, which causes the bees to work harder to go get more honey. Um, and it's not finished. Right. Um, it's not dried out. But but that was something that just that's kind of interesting. It put that in my head about how I read that yeah they would pull that honey early and cause the bees to have to make more honey um and they it's kind of kind of cute but not in a good way like seeing all thinking all these tired bees like they're overworked
1: (laughs) right um, stripping that honey bad they're like oh yeah I wasn't even done with that go back out yeah yeah yeah
0: Okay, so um, heating honey. So that's raw. We had a question from a had a question from a viewer, uh, wondering, and, and I think you pretty much answered this. Uh, what's the difference between raw, unfiltered, and oil? well?
1: And yeah. what I wanted to get into too is that there is no legal definition of raw from the FDA. Okay, you can slap raw on the side of your honey, and nobody is going to be able to do anything to make you take that off because there is no legal definition of it. Um, You know, with, with the mead, because it falls under wine federally, all the labels have to be pre-approved. All the language is checked over by the feds. um, And we have to make sure we're in compliance with a whole number of codes of federal regulations. Um, But for honey, there isn't that. And like, I, I appreciate that on some level because of the lack of, just letting business be business, but at the same time, like, look at what that has created. Mm -hmm. And because of the lack of oversight in it, the lack of, of testing, lack of infrastructure for that sort of stuff, it's, it's become a problem.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The USDA uh, is a little bit, I don't even know if I can use the word stricter or more strict than the FDA. uh, But at least they've got (laughs) a start on it. So they have, you can have USDA grade ABC. Um, but the, the issue, what you just said is there's no enforcement on that. Like, so raw can just be thrown on anything. Uh, you can say grade a USD grade a honey. And that's supposed to mean something. Um, it talks about, you know, pollen amounts and hydration amount, moisture and all that stuff, but it's not enforced. It's a complaint based system. And so you can, which are terrible. Yeah. You can look at any package and it's all going to say grade a, why would you put grade B on your honey?
1: There's (laughs) not a complaint based system out there that isn't just rife with people breaking rules in it.
0: Yeah. Or like lack of any complaints at all.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, I don't know who, wow. to-
1: who would know enough to complain, right? Yeah. Like yeah. beekeepers and <laughs> us. And yeah. now you listeners, now, you know, too.
0: Yeah. And they're going to actually go out and test all these themselves, independent, spend money to test them. So oh, U- yeah. yeah, USDA, um, uh, there, there isn't any kind of definition about like what percentage of corn syrup or rice syrup. And we'll talk about that. These additives. Yeah. So USDA just basically has this, Framework that a lot of beekeepers and honey people would love to see both changed and become more strict. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah. anybody who's doing it legit wouldn't mind. Uh,
0: I'd like to read a quote (laughs) from a guy called Honey Traveler. Um, He is a a honey enthusiast beekeeper, um, all that
1: good stuff. Feels like you're about to read me a poem. Once upon a time in a land far, far
0: close. Um, Quote from Honey Traveler. Two honeys could be legally graded as grade A honey and be identically labeled as 100% organic clover honey from Arizona,
1: USDA
0: grade A, yet be entirely different honeys. They could be a blend of honeys from all over the world, some heated to 180 degrees to make it easy to filter, contain antibiotics, chemicals, and corn syrup, not made from clover at all, nor actually be from plants in Arizona. And so that label right there you could have two completely different products that have the same label and eh, just doesn't even matter
1: because there's no enforcement yeah no enforcement
0: know. at all and i know you made a noise when i said a certain word on here and what what word was that
1: i can't remember now i got distracted by my phone exploding over oh, here oh
0: really okay i got the one I got issue a... i have with that no
1: go ahead I'm fiddling. I'm just I'm, oh, I'm excited. Oh, I thought we had to pause. No, no, no I'm excited. Um so I'm like grabbing my table here for those of you that can't see me.
0: He said 100% organic.
1: Oh yeah, that pissed me off because yeah. there is no way to get 100% <laughs> organic honey in Arizona. Now, I think there is in certain locations. Like if you took bees to the middle of the Amazon rainforest. <laughs> I think and there is these guys that were doing it on honey barges. They were having oh. barges full of honey going up the Amazon River. And Barges they were, of bees or honey? Bar, sorry, barges of bees. Barges <laughs> of bees. And uh, they were going up river to, they would, you know, just kind of dock at some spot for a while and let the bees do their thing. Like, I want I want that job.
0: Yeah? You, yeah, on, you take the boat up river
1: with like the bees all over it and you're just like hanging out and you're like, okay, bees, this looks like a good spot. Like, <laughs> I'm going to pull go over and honey. eat some sandwiches. So that that might be one of the possibly only environments in the world with a small enough amount of agriculture going on that bees would have, you know, the five plus mile radius around the hive to be able to collect nectar from without having to worry about collecting pesticides or whatever. Yeah. Other than that, organic is a, you ain't doing it in Arizona. There's no such thing as organic honey here. Like, I mean, you can't, it's, it's impossible. We don't have five mile range. We don't have a 10, it would have to be, you know, basically 10 square mile, you know, 10 miles by 10 miles. So a hundred square miles without any agriculture in it is the propensity that a bee could go from its hive because that is a five-mile radius out from either side of the hive. You see my math there?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm looking at you, like, with your hands going all over the place. And I know. I do math with my fingers spell, pointing in different actually. directions. <laughs> you're Harry Pottering me over there. <laughs> oh, uh, did it work? Well, 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 Are you well. in love with me now?
1: <laughs> we'll talk
0: about that in uh,
1: our next episode. So it's it's really, like, it's it's kind of frustrating when I see the organic thing on stuff, because I think that's one of those where people are just like taking advantage of people who want to eat healthy and possibly have a little bit more money to spend on stuff. If you're a person that is buying organic stuff, like you're better off than somebody who can't afford organic food. It's more expensive.
0: Yeah. It, It, that is something that comes to my mind all the time is there's a consumer looking at honey, making a decision on their hard earned money. Um, and, they're, they could walk away with the more expensive honey and have a product that's not as good. And, and we define good as pure, healthy, um, whatever, definition of good. But they could walk out of there with something that says 100% organic, grade A Arizona honey. And right next to it was something that was like $2 cheaper and was actually better for them right. um, in the long run. So that's one of the worries that I think we have towards the consumers Is their knowledge of what's going on. And really that's why we wanted to get this podcast going, uh, to try to educate even a couple people and send that, you know, that ripple effect out there that that you, when you're making a decision on honey, there is a lot more than what the label says. And it seems like,
1: it seems like a lot of it was the higher end honey is where the like biggest cheaters or whatever are are doing it. and why not right like if you're going to cheat and take the risk like you're going to be selling your product for the highest you know if I'm going to say raw and it's not raw well hell I might as well say organic raw and sourced right from your backyard and you didn't even freaking know it <laughs> yeah
0: yeah and when you can take honey that was made and sold to you for 83 cents a pound and turn around and relabel it and repackage it and sell
1: it for four dollars a pound, five dollars yeah. a pound or higher, yeah. um, then that's that's what you're gonna do. Oh my gosh, Manuka. You're oh. talking twenty dollars for eight ounces or something. It's
0: yeah. Yeah, that's one example of And how, it was one that
1: was faked a lot.
0: A lot. There there was a study, I guess you call it, they went basically to uh Europe and looked at seven uh, brands of labeled Manuka honey. So Manuka is a honey that comes from a specific plant, the Manuka plant in New Zealand, Mm -hmm. um, and little parts of Australia, but mostly New Zealand, Uh, tastes amazing. I've heard, I haven't had any, have you had any? I've, I have not ever had any, it's too expensive. Yeah. 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 yeah, (laughs) Real expensive. And so out of those seven brands that said that it was Manuka honey, guess how many were actually Manuka honey? One. Was it one. one? It was one. Oh, one's a good number. One out of seven. Not when it's <laughs> how many <laughs> not actual in this situation. brands Not in, is. in this situation. One out of seven Manuka honeys in Europe that they grabbed. And I don't know the details of this study, but like that's, that's pretty crazy that it's that prevalent. Um, or maybe it's not crazy. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I, I want to talk a little bit. I want to kind of hit the rewind
1: button. Reality is crazier <laughs> than fiction.
0: <laughs> not my fiction. <laughs> Wait, what? You should uh, see the
1: stuff that I write <laughs> And now a quick word From our sponsor
0: Bee leashes Are your bees looking a little Out of shape? Do you wish you could show your bees off around town? Well now you can with Bee leashes That's right, from the company that brought you bee shoes You can now strap on a leash And take your bees out and about Made from 100% we have no idea. Bee leashes come in a variety of colors and a variety of sizes as well to fit your bee leash needs. Also, ask for the bee muzzles and bee choke collars for those pesky Africanized bees. Operators are standing by. actually just one dude named Joe we hired. But give him a call and put in your order today. Dirititi bee leashes! Bee leashes is not responsible for stings to you and or others. Bee leashes may cause broken wings, plucked legs, or decapitation. Bee leashes are not approved by Drinking Horn, or basically anybody. You probably just shouldn't use Beeliches. Uh, oh, you, you bastard. Oh, yes, I want some of that. Um, so I want to kind of hit the rewind button and go back and, and talk about actually, like, how they fake the honey, because we're talking about, we're kind of... Right, we're, we're, we're... Okay, go for it. Don't
1: break my Wu-Tang coffee mug. I went over the Wu-Tang mug. Yeah. All right. Um... Is it, yeah. How they fake it. Cause that's, there's, there's a whole number of ways and it's kind of evolved as the testing capabilities have evolved.
0: And we actually, I want to, we need to go back all the way to the very beginning and talking about what the definition of honey is. And there's a specific word that I feel and a lot of beekeepers, I'm not a beekeeper, but a lot of beekeepers and honey, you know, national associations and stuff feel like should be included in that definition. And that's the word pollen.
1: And so, right, because if you notice, it was not in the original definition of it.
0: No, no, it just said.
1: I mean, it really just said a stick, a sticky syrupy yeah, <laughs> substance. You're like, okay, I found this on my shoe.
0: <laughs> I Some think gum a bee I stepped it. in,
1: but it actually fits the definition still. Yeah, there was a dead bee back there. He must have done that. <laughs> He's stuck in the gum. Yeah. So to include pollen
0: in the definition would do a lot. And why? Well, pollen is found in raw honey when bees make honey. They also have, you know, pollen all throughout that. Um, and that pollen came from the plants that they collected the nectar from. And so when you have pollen in your honey, one... Oh, oh train. Train. Choo-choo. My train of thought was uh, taken away. <laughs> nice, <there. laughs> nice. So uh, pollen, when found in honey, number one has... You know, you can say there's not been enough research and not enough evidence, but like it, in my mind, in a lot of people's mind, pollen has some great health benefits, Yes, amazing health benefits, a lot of these little, you know, micronutrients and, um, allergen, you know, defense kind of things. You always hear about eat local honey because it has the local pollen and your body will then be able to like not be having an allergic reaction, all that good stuff. Um, but also all
1: goes back to your gut bacteria. Yeah.
0: You keep trying to talk about bacteria here. I know. I love them. Why don't you make a bacteria podcast? (laughs) Um, uh, so not only po- <coughs> not only pollen, um, but propolis, uh, some other things. You know, it's got like some some peroxides, antibacterial, all this good stuff. Anyway, you can look up. Um, I'll post some articles on on the goodness of pollen. But here's the thing: raw honey has pollen, and if you ultra filter the honey and take that pollen out, you've basically taken the fingerprints off of that honey. Yes. Those countries that are not wanting to get caught. Oh, wait, hold on. I got to take one step back. I was going to take
1: another step back, too. Yeah. So On the filtering and why were they filtering?
0: Yes. So hold on. Uh, I'll take a step back, yes, then yes. you take a step back, then we'll do the hokey pokey and we'll And you're yourself around. And we'll talk about some other random stuff. So the countries that we're concerned with, the, the country mostly that we're concerned with is China. Mm-hmm. China, Chinese honey, mm-hmm. honey from China, <laughs> um, has such issues that we, that the that Europe, the European union just straight up says, no, like they don't take it from them because of a lot of the, uh, the hormones and stuff. And, uh, so yeah. So one of the, one of the reasons is they just fuck with it. A lot. They, they Sorry, they mess with it a lot. They they filter it. They take out things. They they um, dilute it with uh, rice syrups and, and corn syrups, high fructose corn syrups, uh, beet sugars. Um, yeah, beet sugar was but a big what one. You just said was this antibiotic that they will use while they're keeping bees. Just like you look at the antibiotics of cows, you know, the RSBT that they say, like, we don't use this antibiotic. Or this, right. These they probably hormones. do anyway. Actually, sorry, RSBT is a hormone, not an antibiotic. Anyway, this antibiotic, let me look up what it's called. It's got a cool
1: name. I think it's because I said hormone. I got you into the the hormone frame of mind. Hormones going. They're going.
0: (laughs) This antibiotic is called (laughs) chlorophenicol. And it is a powerful antibiotic used in Chinese honey that can cause a fatal bone marrow disorder. (laughs) Nobody wants that. No, it, the U.S. doesn't want that. We ban that. Well, we never even really had it, I don't think. But we ban the
1: use of this antibiotic in any kind of food production. That's pretty impressive because usually the U.S. <laughs> is like pretty slow to ban things. Like.
0: Yeah, as far as that's concerned.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah,
0: so that's another reason. So they take that pollen out. Uh, I, I needed to talk about that. So Chinese honey, if you take the pollen out of the honey... And then you import it into the US and we do our little tests on it. The only real thing, one of the only things we can do with those tests, one of the great things we used to be able to do is we check the pollen Mm -hmm. and the pollen can tell us what plants it came from. And then when you get, you know, three or four or five or I don't know, 50 different plant pollens and you look at what they are, you can tell exactly where that honey came from.
1: Yeah, we have a pretty big database of what pollens should be located in what honeys from what area. There mm-hmm. is a beautiful database built on that. Oh, it's beautiful. It is be- it is to me. <laughs> even if you're a nerdy number guy. Yeah. It's beautiful. Gorgeous. So
0: that pollen in the definition of real honey um, is something that that I would love to see because not only is it good for you health-wise, but it's a safeguard towards other countries or other entities right.
1: or places and filtering if it down the word pollen into it they couldn't bring that stuff into the country even it wouldn't matter if it came out of thailand or wherever you know that they're subshipping it through yeah oh it so would, yeah, yeah. let's talk about
0: that too um but yeah you're right even if they could though bring it in then maybe it's graded something different great you know f, like they say great f. <laughs> yeah give them an f give them and an then f. you know what'll happen the consumer will vote with their dollars oh yeah Maybe. (laughs) Well, and that's,
1: yeah, yeah. That's, that's part of the problem, right? Like if nobody's tasted a real strawberry in forever, then you don't remember what a real strawberry tastes like. Mm. And you think that softball sized thing that you buy at the grocery store is a strawberry. (laughs) Like nobody knows. And eventually it passes over. And the same thing's happening with honey to all of us, like right now, Mm -hmm. where they're trying to pass off things to us. And if we don't do anything about it, you know what my kids are going to think is honey, honey syrup. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be this. Yeah.
0: High fructose corn syrup is going to be what we think honey is. Yeah. With air um, quotes,
1: air quotes around the honey yeah. or real quotes. Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I just wanted to talk about that definition of pollen and why that's important. And they are, so these countries, I'm just going to say China, cause that's really who it is. It's the biggest one. Yeah. They will take the honey they will heat it to these, you know, over a hundred degree temperatures so that it can
1: easily be filtered. Or oh, 160 plus. Yeah. yeah. yeah like they, you're 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 burning it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Getting that raising that temperature up to make it super liquidy so then they filter it. And then they can dilute it down with other um any other sweeteners. So like high fructose corn syrup, rice syrup, beet syrup, all that stuff we talked about. And then they will then um Not be able to bring it to the US without paying huge tariffs because they're China and it's Chinese good. So the workaround that you mentioned a second ago is to sell it to another country, a broker basically. Um, And this is all, this is pretty much all done illegally. They send it to that country. That country will then repackage it, sometimes put absolute falsities on customs. Yeah. You know, these, these are things, these are illegal things that are getting through. And then customs is a we lot buy it.
1: more simple than you think it is. Yeah. You think it's like super lockdown kind of stuff. Yeah. There's no like dudes in suits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they'll take that.
0: They'll, they'll send it over to, to us 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 um with the label country of origin of say vietnam or india uh, right. these countries that we don't have these tariffs on and then or don't have import bans on
1: because we put huge tariffs on honey back in oh, i'm gonna guess the number wrong it's in the 2000s it, yeah. it's relatively honeygate are you talking about honeygate yeah yeah 2013 uh oh before that it was even before i think that. it was when it was honey gate i was just looking at it well so so part of the the filtering they will strip out both the pollen as well as you know whatever sort of antibiotics or everything else that's in there the original purpose of the filtering i believe was to strip out Mm -hmm. all of those antibiotics and all of the other little bits that are in there um and then it once we were able to start identifying honey by the pollen that is within it um, then they started refining that filtering further so to make sure that they were stripping out all of the pollen and everything else, and removing the fingerprints off that honey.
0: Here's what's wild: some of them then will then put the fingerprints back in. They'll take pollen yes. from another region and add it in there so that it will be detected as coming from, say, India, even though it wasn't. They just threw in some, a li- just enough of their honey. Um, to make it seem like it
1: came from that area. Or even doing that <laughs> with the corn syrup, you know, with Crazy. straight up corn syrup and adding pollen to it, you oh. know, getting the right color and then adding pollen to it, getting right color and viscosity and then adding pollen to it and saying, no, oh, this is honey.
0: Oh, totally honey. Yeah.
1: Yo, bro, this is totally honey. They they do have uh, the NMR. I don't know if we want to get into like the testing of some of this stuff quite yet. Sure. Um, so this is like one of the newest testing methods that's being used for like the last five years or so and it's called NMR. And it is nuclear magnetic resonance imaging. Yeah. And it basically does like, instead of having to take and identify individual pollen grains and figure out what plant they came from, this imaging is a, everything creates, I'm going to use a word cause I don't know fully the understanding of this, but basically <laughs> like under, when you image something using this, it creates an aura you could say. And every pollen from different plants so on and so forth carries its own individual aura and so what they're doing is using this to see aura just to be able to process stuff faster and but there's currently only one laboratory in the u.s that does this stuff um so they are the amount of honey that's being tested that's coming into the country you're talking less than one percent yeah yeah it's a start though Yeah. Well, yeah. You got to start from zero and (laughs) it's slightly above that. So yeah, it's, it's a, no, it is. And like, this is not me dissing on those guys by any means. Like they're doing everything they can. They just, they need more support in this. They need more public understanding. They need more public support.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's that arms race that you talked about. You know, we come up with a way of testing it. Um, you know, a little bit better. And then they come up with ways of hiding it a little better. And then we come up with ways of testing it. They come up with ways of hiding it. So it's a little bit of a back and forth. And eventually I feel like those kind of things lead to a give up on, you know, one side or the other.
1: So they do. And it unfortunately seems like the give up right now is not on the right side. Yeah. Yeah
0: yeah because the money needs to be there enough to fight the money that they're making, and this is a lot this is millions and millions of dollars um that are, that's being made on this uh this fake honey millions um, yeah you like
1: think, so much that it disrupts the market
0: oh hugely uh, and and pretty recently too the so yeah, you want to talk about that
1: I was segueing. All I was right. laying it down for you right there yeah. so
0: the the prices of honey that you see in the store have actually gone down um, in the market. And it is highly, highly, highly due to this cheap fake honey that's coming in. And so if you can imagine if a bottle is sitting next to another bottle and one bottle is, like I said before, you know, like super cheap, let's just say like, you know, $2 for this bottle of honey, the cute little bear. And then right next to it is a, a, a local beekeepers honey or even local as far as like region just like you know real deal honey and instead of two dollars this one's like five dollars six dollars you're gonna you're gonna buy that cheaper one and what that you talk about disrupting the market that is a huge hit to beekeepers as far as honey production is concerned they cannot even come close to competing with something that's 50 percent who can compete
1: (laughs) with corn syrup
0: yeah no, well, when it's subsidized Look at our grocery stores. <laughs> yeah.
1: Who can compete with corn? Nobody. That's the answer. That's an interesting kind
0: of thing, too, is government. Um, government. They uh, they subsidize and, aka, give money to farmers to grow corn because you can make corn syrup out of it and, mm-hmm. and you know, make Which all these part products. part of why corn
1: syrup is in everything is because it's so damn cheap.
0: Yeah. And so that's actually interesting. I think that you know, government subsidies are actually harming the bees. And, but then there'll be government agencies that are and programs now, uh, ELAP, which actually give beekeepers money for their losses. Yeah. So it's like punching someone in the gut and then giving them an ibuprofen or something yeah. like that, or yeah, something like that. All on your tax dollar. Yeah. So this, this market is definitely disrupted. Beekeepers. In fact, last year, um, it was either last year or 2018, 2018 2019 passed a threshold to where they are now making more money on their pollinating services than they
1: are on their honey. It, it accompanied at the same time when that was going over, the winter after that is when we lost 40% of commercial beehives mm. due to colony collapse.
0: Yeah, so that's a, a big hit on on just... On a big hit. On a big hit on a big hit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Take the bee numbers down, um, work harder, and now your honey is... You had you have to sell it to the store or to the packager um, for less than it costs you to make it, which is crazy, right? <laughs> like that the sucks. fact that
1: yeah, and that's that's always been like a goal of Drinking Horn is like we want to see honey worth as money, right? Is is we really would like to see beekeepers being able to do nothing but raise bees and make honey and not have to do all the pollination stuff. You know, not being forced into it. A lot of times with, with small business, you're forced to pivot and move if you want to keep your business alive. And as with any small business, like, you know, you have to, to increase revenue or just to keep the same revenue you got, you have to pivot sometimes and make changes with it. And we would love to, you know, bees are an absolutely vital pollinator, but we would love to see honey be worth its money. Just just all by itself. We would love to see that change back because it's a healthy change.
0: Yeah. And it's an addition. It's not like, it's not like there's a hundred percent water in a bucket and 50% of it. It's not like it shifted 40, 60, the the honey dropped off. It's not because there's, I mean, there is a rise in pollination needs, but not that much. And so if what you just said could be true and we could really value our honey from the beekeepers, then think about And what, something that's amazed me is how hard beekeepers and how much work they have to do. I didn't realize that. I'm like, oh, what a life. You just go out there and you're like, hi bees. And you check on them and like, then you go back inside and sip your lemonade. Um, But no, it's, it's, you know, it's an up before dawn, down before dusk kind of thing. Or it's like farming after dusk. Yeah. It's, it's a hard, it's a hard, hard living. And now it's load up your bees and drive them across sometimes multiple, multiple states or take a huge hit and hire a freight company but how amazing would it be if we valued the honey from those beekeepers where that pressure wasn't on them to where they had to all of a sudden leave their family for you know a month two months yep. to do this
1: drive to take their bees to you know well, and do the, this hustle and the health of the bees right as you bring all these bees from all over the place all together and they're sharing, you know, bacteria. They're sharing flowers together. They don't even know that other bee. He's in there in the flower <laughs> with them. They're rubbing up against them. They're picking I up don't. his mites. They're picking up, you know, whatever <sighs> else is on that bee, right? And then they're bringing it back to their hive. Like, if they're spreading those things around, it, that's even worse for the bees, right? So then you're, you're basically like, I think everybody can understand that now more than ever, where more interaction means more spread of disease, It's, it's super basic, super basic. Yeah. We know that now for sure. Yeah. I, most of us.
0: Yeah. So it's, it it is the health of the bees as well. We've seen bees that go to the, uh, almond, um, the almond trees down in uh, California, come back with some, some issues with, uh, with, uh you know other diseases or or like kind of worn out kind of syndromes i think
1: yeah that's that's always what, what dennis has said um that's our beekeeper and he's uh he always says that they come back from there just haggard yeah basically like you know i mean it's a long trip and you're going out there and you're moving them all around and like yeah bee, we these don't are like us we don't like to be like moved around against our will no We're think about the it.
0: vibrations of that trip might be doing so. i don't know oh my I, gosh, who knows yeah. but yeah so um Yeah. So it was just crazy to me that the last uh, year or two beekeepers are now making more money on pollinating services than honey. And yeah, like to, to see that change. Yeah.
1: And I think, you know, making that change is going to be implementing more systems to be able to catch this kind of stuff. Um, I think one of the biggest things with the fake honey was like, it's so hard to tell where it actually came from as far as just looking at the label on the bottle. And it says, Made in USA, it doesn't mean anything. It really doesn't. Like, I hate to say that, but like, unless you know your beekeeper, you cannot trust that bottle to be truthful about anything that it's saying. Yeah. That's the bottom line of It's like, unless you know the beekeeper, you cannot trust that bottle.
0: Yeah. And I think that is the bottom line. And buy local if there yeah well man you just (laughs) right where i wanted to go with this um if you is there any any other specifics you want to talk about so until we tell people what they can do
1: yeah i I think there's just a few that like i I just kind of wanted to point out i have just a few like specifics um and i do want to i think we need to go over honeygate actually you want to hit honeygate first and then i'll hit i'll hit february 2013
0: um, you do Honeygate because I don't
1: know really anything about it damn it I was really hoping you looked up more on that because I honestly don't know a whole lot about it either um, one of the, the instances that I found just of one of the earlier ones not not as early as that but it was February 2013 uh, the Justice Department charged two honey importers and remember this is what we were talking about earlier is it's people importing it that like could be the the concern with some of this stuff so it's it's not your local honey keeper it's uh, it's Big business once again. (laughs) Anyway, so charged two honey importers, um, honey solutions and grobe farms, G-R-O-E-B, that did exactly what we talked about earlier. And it was honey that was basically made in China with all kinds of nasty whatever, and then shipped into, I think, at least four different countries, Thailand being one of them, Mm. um, and then shipped into the U.S. And that was done primarily to avoid tariffs. So in the the interactions that they had, just for I don't know over what period the charges were, um, but they were avoiding somewhere in the realm of 180 million dollars in shipping duties to customs. Yeah, yeah. Two hundred million, that'll def- just a little, just a little penny. Yeah, yeah.
0: Pretty little penny to uh, to to avoid. Small loan of two hundred million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honeygate. Yeah, and that and that's it's still going on. Like that's the thing is like. Yeah, it's like a, oh well, let's. It's such a big deal. We'll call it Honeygate, but yet it's still it's happening.
1: I don't know why we call everything gate. Like I, I understand yeah. the initial reference and everything, but like for real, we it's once 40 had something years uh, later back in the brewery called
0: Burrito Gate. Uh oh. Oh no no, I'm sorry. It was Taco Gate. You're not allowed to talk about that in public, though, right? No, I can't taco yeah. about it. Yeah. Oh,
1: <laughs> that's funny. But yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, it's big it's business. huge. Big business. Big money. Mm-hmm. I mean uh, the it just runs deep. And you can kind of see how this is sort of this like circle of a problem, right? And and it's crazy because with all of this, with the increase in fake honey, it's becoming more and more prevalent, unfortunately, over time, we're also seeing a huge increase in people wanting to buy honey, right? So the the, the whole honey industry in the last four years has gone up some 50% or something like that. Mostly due to drinking horn, buying up all the honey. Uh, But like, I mean, it's gone up a huge amount, you know? And instead of it just helping produce more bees, produce more beekeepers, produce more local jobs, it's people getting in on the game that are faking honey. God, that sucks. Yeah. Buy this
0: product, use this product. It's really healthy and it's helping save. The bees are in trouble. Oh, I'm doing good. Let me grab this little bear. And like, you just don't know that it's actually saying like, Man, try this new health elixir. It's called high fructose corn syrup. <laughs> You're right. Like, what? And Ugh. it's
1: and there's no, you know Ugh, regulation really by don't. complaint only. And it's just such a frustrating problem. Grimes and that's what we're gears. hoping like this podcast does though, is it gets yeah. it out to people and people start learning about this, people start complaining about it. It takes people doing stuff to make changes. You're taking away my outro, Evan. Oh, zing! <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> no. We can we can edit that to the end. No, no,
0: no. Um,
1: Copy paste. Yeah, no, it's
0: absolutely true. It does. It does. It just grinds me. And yeah, I want people to hear this and start to be interested enough to click on the links that I've got all up on the the show notes. Um, I've got videos up there. I've got uh, um, an article, a great article that actually I used a lot by Larry Olmstead. Uh, he wrote a book called Real Food, Fake Food, and he was generous enough to put basically the entire excerpt from his book about the honeybees, uh, the fake honey, onto um, a Forbes article. So I've got that linked up. So hopefully this discussion will have you right now if you're by your computer, not if you're in your car um, driving <laughs> or anything like that. But, Be safe, uh, folks. Yeah, click some of these links and, and learn about it. Yeah.
1: It's a, it's a quote that I got from you, and maybe it's yours. You can take full credit. Mm, why not? Sure. Um, Was can... something about like <laughs> eat, eat real food, basically.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's probably, I'd love to take credit for, for the quote that I'm about to say, but it's Michael Pollan. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You're right. uh, You're right. Eat food. Um, not too much or crap. Eat food, mostly plants, not too much. And the eat food is very important. It's talking about like what food is real food, real food, because a lot of stuff that we, well, I mean, that some of us eat me included is not really food. It's, edible food like substances
1: dude you and i just chowed down some fast food burgers like no we didn't why are you calling ago? me out
0: like that bro i just <laughs> ate an organic spinach salad with uh almonds and cranberries
1: hey man uh, i can't always eat organic but if it comes to honey you know you got to draw your boundaries
0: yeah yeah uh oh you just said organic oh um so yeah eat food uh, most plants not too much but yeah it comes down to to real food um the high fructose corn syrup is problem blah, blah, blah. yeah yeah fake honey funny honey honey funny laundering honey So anything else on your, your list over there you want to delve into?
1: Um, I don't know if we covered the part in the, we, we talked about how you can, you know, you can physically see pollen being from a different location Mm -hmm. than the honey says it's from, um, chemically you can pick up, you can use tests that will pick up the antibiotics or whatever else, pesticides a lot of times in a lot of honeys. Um, and then the, uh, but picking up the heat, we talked about it and why heating is bad and and how it's done, and why it's also a moderate amount of heat is essential in beekeeping. Um, but it produces a very specific compound, and that's what's measured to measure. Like you can measure it in the age of honey. Did we all, were we off air when we were talking about that, or was that on the Mayard we, reactions? Yeah, yeah. It was the beginning of this episode. Okay, okay just but the uh, the whole like try aging. cranberry
0: mead. Yeah, shoot,
1: it's it'll real make good for a lovely evening. It's good stuff. We think. I kind of remember it as being a good evening.
0: <laughs> we I, we did, but you didn't actually mention that part right there about it producing a certain chemical that
1: can be detected. Right. And so that's what it does, whether it's like acid over time or whether it's heat, heat or whether it's like, I yeah, don't leave some remnants, <laughs> um, but like it produces what's called an HMF. And it's oh, a five yes. hydroxymethyl furfural. Hydroolia. Yeah. yeah. Hydroxymethyl furferol. HMF in my family is Her Majesty female. And oh. yeah.
0: yeah. Well, all I'll praise
1: the queen. Yes. God
0: save the queen? Uh, uh, let's do both. Yeah. Uh, praise. So, save. <laughs> yeah, so HMF uh, is a chemical uh, in heating or aging. Yes um, that can be found in honey.
1: That and that's what oh. they measure. Just because we we talked about what they measure with a lot of these other things, but like it was a question that i had personally of like well how the heck do you measure if it's been heated or not yeah so yeah because it's not still hot when you test it oh yeah yeah (laughs) it could be heated then cool back down you don't know (laughs) so
0: that actually reminds me of a this is this is bonus material bonus Um, this is crazy last year's 2019 stop listening right now if you haven't paid for drinking Horn meat cash extras (laughs) (laughs) here's me waiting for the check I, don't know I what think that they're sounded. all in. Like they're all. Oh, in. cool. Okay. Yeah. All zero <laughs> of them. Um, it really, really, really reminded me of something that was really, really, really interesting to me. Uh, really, really. Uh, last year at the um, International um, Honey Awards, they actually started testing the honey entries. Oh no. Yeah, forty-five percent of the entries into the International Honey Awards uh, is called something like that. 45% of them were disqualified because of adulterations
1: which could be which could be heat which could be pesticides. antibiotics could be pesticides could be corn syrup could be yeah faking origins so, could be but yeah but a plethora of things you're talking a competition that would be like like what's the what's the beer version of the the maser fest the yeah
0: the uh great, great american, american beer yeah, festival GABF.
1: and it would be like if you tested the beers at great american beer festival
0: and 45 <laughs> percent weren't even freaking beer no or it was like coors light with with like some yeah. other
1: additive adulterated adulterated
0: coors, coors yeah yeah, crazy.
1: 45%. Now, get this. They're fooling all of us. They took like right now. Like go to the grocery store, yeah. buy honey.
0: Yeah. There's like a 50/50 chance that you're getting duped. There is, uh in Amer- in the US, it's close to a 70%. Some Excuse me, some studies and, and you know, I think the numbers fluctuate from yeah, 30 to well, 70, which is a ridiculous samples, sample size. Yeah. The sample size. But some studies saw 70% of honey in the U S market is adulterated. So this honey, I want to get back to that crazy, that, crazy. they put it out there that they didn't announce who it was, you know, who got, well, I mean, a lot of people already knew, like if you see them walking out with their heads down, they got disqualified or whatever. Smear um, them. They, yes, well, they didn't, what they did is they said anyone who got disqualified could contact them for the reason that they got disqualified there was a guy on a forum that knew there's a guy that knew a guy that knew a guy whose dog oh, yeah. once was pet by a guy uh, <laughs> <laughs> um whose <no>, taxi driver's <laughs> cousin <laughs> smelled like this one guy. Oh yeah. Oh god. Um but uh, <laughs> there was something something aware, around I don't know. I don't remember the percentage but it was a super low number of the entries that got disqualified even contacted. So not only were so 45 they knew it. Exactly. Not even forty five percent of them were disqualified. They didn't even worry about contacting because they already knew why they got
1: disqualified. Dang. That's messed up. That's I, I wonder about those other ones too. About the ones that that did contact him about why they got disqualified. I know, I yeah, wonder I if anybody got disqualified that was like, what the heck? This came from my
0: bees in well, my backyard. So that brings up Because your bees could point.
1: go over to somebody's field where they are using whatever terrible yes. crap mm-hmm. and then it comes back and that goes back to the whole organic thing, right? Yeah. Where I'm like, eh, unless, you're, unless you know the beekeeper in Brazil that you're getting your honey from, if you're buying organic honey, you're probably getting screwed. Yeah, so the
0: parameters of how many pesticides or, you know, whatever to do um, would be very interesting and they brought that up in the forum too because it would suck if someone got disqualified because there was a no no tolerance kind of thing and any right. amount of it any was TBM, in there yeah. and it happened to be that their neighbor like sprayed a little bit of roundup you or something one like that part per million
1: well it's true yeah. right when i was a kid i remember losing five hives because somebody sprayed on a windy day and it was blowing yeah. the wrong direction they were just spraying around the outside of their house and whacked all my hives yeah yeah the, <laughs> hey we're
0: coming over here we're taking over right? we're you gonna got blow, to say. we're gonna blow down your way here in just a minute is that a bat in your hand um <laughs> oh, it's Bat Week. Or it was Bat Week. Oh
1: yeah. Not that uh, kind of bat though.
0: No, no, the, the flying kind. mammal. Yeah. The only true flying mammal. You, wanted, so,
1: you want to make a podcast about vampire bats? I'm just saying.
0: Uh oh, there already is one. Oh, uh shit. on Ologies. I just want to plug a podcast that I think is really cool. I've been doing it lately. It. It's called ologies Yeah. You would like it a lot. I like uh, creature feature. Yes, that's a good one too. Yeah, they do a lot of lot of good fun stuff. They're good. They're good hosts. She is just one. Yeah, just her. Yeah. So, crap. What was I talking about? Oh, Ah, um, that screwed you. Just getting back to you, don't know where bees go. I I used to teach about this, not in the sense of beekeeping and honey, but in the sense of an evil, evil corporation called Monsanto. Uh, They people would be now owned
1: by Bear. People would. Everybody knows. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, they control the medicine it, and the genetically modified foods. Hmm.
0: I was under the impression. That's
1: not good.
0: Yeah. So a farmer would be sitting there farming his his uh, his corn. A uh, Monsanto worker would go and spray Roundup on it, and if it didn't die, they would take a sample, test it for genetics, and um, sue that farmer for having their patented genetics in their corn when what happened is a bee went from one corn plant oh, not even to with another. Corn. It isn't herb, even happening. Sorry, bees. Wind. Sorry, wind. Yeah, you're right. Um, corn is wind pollinated. Wind blows over. Um, it could even be a truck going by. Totally. But anyway, you don't know where bees go. It's unfortunate for some of these honey producers oh, yeah, no, those, they got those farmers got
1: screwed though yeah like they ended up basically getting their whole crop for the year taken away which like i couldn't imagine what that even feels like oh, if more somebody that. just came and stripped out all of our oh no oh, litigation went to, yeah. yeah yeah oh yeah huge and and people it's just would like lose everything you're, you're having you lose everything because the wind blew in the wrong direction and you were the one good farmer not fucking bowing down to monsanto uh
0: percy yeah, yeah. Percy, uh, I forget his last name. He was uh, kind of a hero going against Monsanto. We're going a little off the oh, rails yeah. there. Yeah. But um, all right. Uh, we're getting into, or a little bit past an hour. Just to oh kind of goodness. wrap things up. Um, honey is undefined. And so that is an issue that we think needs to be dealt with um, a little more strict Defining honey. One of those big parameters that we want to see changed is the inclusion of pollen. pollen, Because pollen can become a fingerprint to tell you where uh, specifically what region, what country that honey came from. And therefore we can put stricter bans and tariffs on the honey coming in. And it ain't a fix-all,
1: but it's a good step in the right direction.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And- We'll talk about the directions that, that we would like to see you, you take um, as a listener. So these other countries, China mostly, has gotten tariffs put against them and complete bans on their honey products, so they will heat it up to high, high temperatures, killing nutrients, but allowing them to filter it so much that they can then take out those fingerprints, add anything from rice to beet sugars and to, to high take fructose corn syrup, take out all the good properties. Um, and then dilute it down with any kind of other sweetener and sell it to a broker in another country illegally and have that broker package it and tell customs it's sometimes they even put on the packaging or on the the freight that it's molasses. And so completely lie to customs and then package and sell it to the U S market for like under a dollar per pound, which is preposterous. It's crazy. And, So that will knock that market price so far down that now beekeepers are making more on their pollinating services than their honey. And some will suffer so much that they will probably have to go out of business. This now hurts consumers in two different ways. Number one, well, three different ways. Number one, you're getting duped. (laughs) Like you're just straight up getting lied to. Number two, you're losing the nutritional value that makes honey Great in the first place. A yeah, lot of might times, might as
1: well just suck on a sugar cube.
0: Exactly. You might as well, or I think a sugar cube is even better than the high fructose corn syrup that they're using. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Might as well that's, just be at adding least that's Coca-Cola. Low to your... fructose. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh man, that's something we should talk about too—is the chemical and the science of honey. Um, but number three, you're also potentially getting antibiotics that could be not just harmful, but in some cases fatal. Yeah. Like fatal bone marrow disease. So all of this comes Ooh. to you asking, what the hell can I do? Well, you said it in bold caps earlier, the number
1: one thing to do is to buy local. Buy local. Know, know, your, know your, your honey keeper. There you go. Say that one more time. Know your honey keeper. Yeah, I said honey keeper <laughs> instead of beekeeper or it's honey a new, producer. I'm combining them all. New thing. Yeah, but know your beekeeper. Yeah. I think that's, that's the best way. If you want to go about getting really good, high quality honey, buy it from your local Beekeeper. And you can find that sometimes on the shelves or sometimes at farmers
0: market. Just ask. I guarantee you. You ask at, le- at, Shoot, at you most. You
1: probably Craigslist that. I bet. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, you got. it. Yeah. Be. Ma- I mean, yeah. be
1: be be discerning. You know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not bad, honestly. Like, if you're really going to be looking for high quality honey, there's nothing wrong with asking a beekeeper a whole lot of questions, seeing if you could go see the hives. Mm-hmm. Like if, I mean, it's, it's not unreasonable. Yeah. Cause people will package
0: them in say, and say, this is Arizona honey and they'll sell it to you. And they haven't even seen a
1: bee. And there is no legal grounds for them having to actually have that honey from Arizona when they say it's from Arizona. Yeah. So ask at 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 most two or three people
0: and you'll find some honey in your area that is guaranteed to be actual real, uh, raw, unfiltered, good for you, honey. The next step, some people may be saying, well, Evan and Nick, I already do that. What other steps can I take? Um, listening to this podcast, educating yourselves on some of the links or doing your own education, your own research on some of these issues, and then sharing that information with whoever wants to listen. If you are sitting in the kitchen uh, with a friend and drinking on some tea and you see that they're putting honey in it, start that conversation or better yet, what we would love for you to do is to, share this episode on, you know, your social media streams or with whoever, you know, send it to someone, Get um, people aware, yeah, get people aware of it, educate yourself and therefore educate and, and then take the next step and educate others. Um, another thing that I would kind of love to, to have happened and I haven't done it, but I think I might do it later today is to support the American honey producers association. This national association are, They're they're honey producers. They're beekeepers. They're honey producers that are so dedicated that they are a a platform in Washington to get a couple of things passed. I'll, I'll link a video to an explanation of they're what they of the do. they
1: ones doing the big push for pollen in the definition, aren't they? Absolutely. Oh yeah. yeah. they they want to
0: see, um, a, a definition from the USDA that is very strict on what honey is. Um, none of this grade ABC baloney that's unenforced. Yeah. They also put together and push the ELAP, which is paying beekeepers for their losses.
1: Um, they they've done, which is um, good, but which is also tricky. I know our beekeeper got screwed on it this oh, last really? go round. Mm-hmm. There was some other piece of paper that he was supposed to file, oh. despite the one that they told him he was supposed to file. And ended up. we got to get him. Paperwork's hard. Paperwork's hard. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so go on to American Honey Producers Association. Um, I'll set a link up there. They have a Patreon account. Um, throw them some money if you are so inclined. They're, they do hard work. They, they, pay, I mean, they pay their own way to go on these trips to Washington and, and do all this stuff uh, for beekeepers and honey it producers. It is a good.
1: And, you know, we, I, I bashed um, complaint-based systems earlier. And one of the benefits of a complaint-based system is that is if there's enough of you out there listening to this, you can go make a change. You can get in there and you can complain and you can make a change. One voice is not a lot, but if we all just think of ourselves as one voice, we wouldn't ever get anything done. And if we can all get together and do something as a whole, we could change things.
0: Absolutely. Become a swarm. Swarm life. The buzz of one bee may not be enough, but a swarm. (laughs) Oh, man. Super loud. I've got so many t-shirts I'm thinking of right now. (laughs) So if if, uh, there's nothing else, I think that's it. That's At least a, for now.
1: Good. The, the upside is, if you're afraid of bad honey, go to your local bee producer and you fix that thing in a snap
0: yep and I'm looking at one right now actually I have it in my hand Mountaintop Honey that's where we get our honey from Dennis Arp um, I've met the man I've shaken his hand um, I've seen his operations you've been stung by the bees I've been stung by a bee Um, (laughs) and so yeah seek out your local honey producers if you're in the Arizona area you can find Mountaintop Honey Um, Farmers Market's great all that good stuff anyway um, yeah so important super important super dear to our hearts Uh, if you want to support Real Honey but also get a little buzz on. Then uh, go grab a bottle of drinking horn mead. There you go. You know what? Grab two. Yeah. Uh,
1: get, a sh- right. get a six pack. Get a six pack. It's a holiday season. You're going to be drinking <laughs> a lot, and you want to share the love of mead with everyone. Share the love. Share the buzz. Yeah. Thank cool. you, folks. We appreciate you out there.
0: Yeah. Right on. Well, uh, thanks for another great episode, Evan. And uh, let's go get ready for our Viking zombie march. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Do, 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 do. All you need is love. Do do do. All you need is brought to you by Bing.
1: Bing. Oh.